Hello, Dave. Hello, Ollie. How are you, old bean? I'm damp, like the weather. What I've just been in. How are you? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm windy, like the weather, <laughs> which uh, which I can see outside my window. There's some sort of vicious gale making its way through the People's Republic of North Somerset. Bad um, luck. Well, we should yeah. say welcome to everybody listening to Sustainable Eleven. This is our little podcast where we talk about the environment and why it's also hard and complicated, and no one talks any sense. What have we got coming up this week, Dave? Uh, we have got Earth Hour, which uh, we're going to debate whether or not it's an absolutely complete and utter total waste of everyone's time. <laughs> um, we've got... Or not. Or, or, or not. <laughs> we've got uh, our Inhofe of the Week, who actually this week might actually be a genuine Inhofe of the Week. We've got um, what looks like some good news on renewables, but is it really? Mm, and we should say that we both work for environmental charities, but these are very much our views, not theirs. So if you've got any shtick, stick it to us. Very good. Let's get on with it, shall we? Sustainable of the Week. So, Sustainable of the Week. Every week we have a little look at the egregious eco-guff out there, the nonsense spoken in the name of going green. And while we've always been having a bit of a pop at governments and uh, companies and oil drillers, etc., there are some other slightly more surprising people who've been babbling this week. Dave? Yeah. Um, It's been Earth Hour this weekend, Mm. um, which is the thing that, well, let's have a listen. We are the first generation to feel the impact of climate change and the last generation that can do something about it. But if you close your eyes, I'm using my power. I'm using my power. I'm using my power. To save the Great Barrier Reef. I'm using my power. I'm using my power. To raise children's awareness about the environment. To make our city more sustainable. To help business go beyond the hour. To save my forest. To save our home. Yes, that's right, that that set of earnest gibberish is the (laughs) annual festival known as Earth Hour, which is a thing that I think it started in 2007 by WWF in Australia in collaboration with a marketing agency. Um, And what it does is it it gets everyone to turn off the lights for an hour um, and it picks out it started in Australia, so I think the first sort of things they did were like, you know, turn off all the lights on the Sydney Opera House and the Sydney Harbour Bridge and all of that sort of thing. And the idea being that you make a big kind of visible show of um, people's willingness to do something about climate change, right? And it's got bigger and bigger, and this year... Um, all across the world, people were doing it. So you had the Las Vegas Strip turn its lights off, including the fake Eiffel Tower. And the real Eiffel Tower turned its lights off, but only for five minutes because, you know... It's, it's, the, Eiffel, it's the Eiffel Tower, isn't it? No. It's the Eiffel Tower, yeah. And, you know, Red Square went dark and all of that sort of stuff. And um, opinion, it is fair to say, is rather sharply divided on the thorny subject of whether or not it is a complete and utter absolute waste of everyone's time. Or at least, I think it's divided. What do you think? Uh, well, I wouldn't say it's necessarily divided in this podcast. Uh, 
While we will explore the pros and cons, I think we might have a fairly unified opinion <laughs> on this one. Yeah. Oh, I don't, I don't want to whittle on the woofers' chips, but we might have to here. Uh, what's the, what does it achieve? Mm. And isn't it a massive distraction? I mean, okay, I like, you know, in in their defence, they say it's a symbolic thing. It's not, I went on their FAQs just now to see how much carbon they've saved since they started the event by getting people to turn their lights off. And they upfront say, this is not a carbon saving or emissions reducing event. It's symbolic. It's like, okay, well, all right, fair enough then. So they're hoping that everyone thinks deeply about the planet and their impact on it, I guess, when they switch their lights off or when the Eiffel Tower switches its lights off for five minutes. But isn't it it just a massive way of making you feel like you've done something useful so that you can just carry on? The rest of the time, what is it, one eight thousandth of the year or something this hour? The thing that I've got a bit of a problem with, the more I think about it, um, is this, what is it you're actually doing? So you're turning off the lights, right? And you know... Yeah, it's like like going to bed at night or something. Yeah, Yeah. or or shutting your eyes, right? And you know how, uh, or being a towel, just sitting in the dark... And you know how like people like to have a go at greenies and accuse us all of wanting to go back to living in mud huts and and beating each other with sticks and unlearning the art of, of fine wine and conversation and stuff. And this is exactly what they think we want. They think we want people to sit in the dark. They think like, you know, you, people like your James Dellingpole and people who, who make fun out of us, they say, oh, these, these greenies just want you to, to be primitive and sit in a cave and not have any light. So isn't it a bit weird to kind of be doing that as a way to show that we're serious about action on climate change? It's a bit exactly. odd, isn't it? Yeah, it's really, really odd. I was at a couple of really interesting things this week, one of which um, up in Leeds featured a talk by Sarah Parkin, who's um, a you know, long-time activist and, and writer of lots of books, including something called The Positive Deviant. And she was arguing that um, one of the things necessary for change is a really compelling vision um, of the future, um, posit- you know, well articulated and, and convincingly communicated. And she gave the example of Martin Luther King, who didn't say, by 1969, I want to see a 17% reduction year on year based on 1963 levels of oppression of black and minority ethnic people. He said, I have a dream, mm. right? And then he sold people like that. And And similarly, that's a challenge, I think, for for people working on climate change. But you've got to talk about that dream. And the dream is not, well, it isn't for me, and I don't think it is for WWF. The dream is not to be sitting around in the dark <laughs> wondering no. if the Eiffel Tower is or isn't in front of us. The dream is to be living in a, you know, in a modern, efficient resource. Uh, I was going to say some classic babble there, but I just stopped myself, so I put the Ooh, klaxon away. Um, a, an economy down, where you're not using loads of stuff, but the stuff you're using, you're using really intelligently. Like all the stuff at the moment, which I really really like around Airbnbs, you know, where you're not using your house so somebody else can use it while you're not there. And that's Mm. happening on cars now instead of taxis going from A to B and back again. So they pick somebody else up on the way back. All of this stuff, just tiny little examples of of what a positive vision might be. Earth Hour seems like the complete opposite. It's like, don't worry, guys, if we tackle climate change, you won't be able to see two metres in front of your face. 
One thing, and we should thank our uh, our friend Samuel Lowe on Twitter. Uh, not sure if that's his correct address. Um, he he pointed out though that there is another aspect to this which might wind people up a bit, and it certainly winds me up, and that is the extent to which some fairly disreputable companies mm. get in on the act of this. Um, so HSBC, everyone's favourite. Um, fossil fuel financing, tax dodging, telegraph um, corrupting, allegedly, Allegedly. uh, (laughs) global banking initiative. (laughs) Um, Well, yeah, the rest of it wasn't alleged. They do finance fossil fuels. Just move on, just move on. Sorry, all right. (laughs) So they they sent a little tweet out saying, HSBC is proudly flicking the switch in 19 key buildings in the UK to support Earth Hour today at 8.30pm. What do you do? Thanks very much, HSBC. And what is slightly galling is that and they probably didn't have much of an option about this. WWF, who organised Earth Hour, then replied saying, "Thanks for your support, Panda Ooh. Hugs." What What are the pandas supposed to do? Give them Give them a bit of credit. They're not like you say. They can't really go back to HSBC and go, "Not you, sorry, sorry, not you." We meant everyone else. We meant everyone else. Could Could you just leave the lights on? Because uh, actually, <laughs> we don't want you to be part of this global festival to raise awareness. This is no, what. We, uh, but what they could say is, well, it's great that you're, you're taking part in this. We can't give you any credit while you're one of the chief financers of the people tearing up boreal forest in Canada to get to tar sands, mm. for instance. You yeah. know, you, yeah. it's, surely there's a, there's a difference between you've got a choice between just saying, yay, it's great, or not saying anything at all. One thing I, I do quite like about it, though, is the, the sort of blanket coverage it gets and... You know, heroes to you and me, like William Shatner Great. tweeting about it, and uh, every single kind of newspaper outlet, certainly in this country, um, has been has been doing their little pictures of light to go out for Earth Hour. So it certainly gets publicity, although <laughs> there is an inherent take problem <laughs> in taking pictures of things which aren't illuminated. <laughs> yeah, indeed. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this is the thing, you see. So it is easy to be sniffy about it you know i found this very easy this past 10 minutes um, but <laughs> yeah. actually yeah, it's it, flowed somewhat hasn't it <laughs> it, has, it has flowed i found it's very easy to do but isn't it you know are we not being churlish miserableists because there are 1.2 billion people tweeting or at least that many tweets every newspaper that i can see today is running pictures of it it's everywhere it's all over the world and it's all you know to raise awareness of climate change and they don't claim that it's anything other than a big symbolic thing but as big symbolic things goes what else we got i mean you know there isn't a great deal else going on is there but i don't know where it leads that's the problem Mm. you know if this was year one Mm. i might be a little bit more forgiving of it and say it'll be interesting to see what their plans are but what are we? 50, okay, so 2015, they started in 2007. This is uh, the ninth year they've done it, right? Right. And what's the next action for people? Once you've turned your lights off, do you then just wait a year and turn your lights off again? Meanwhile, climate change, no? <laughs> or mm. or are you being taken on a journey with these organisations? I, I don't get any sense that you are. And Did I just, you just say taken on a journey? Oh. Fully deserved. Yeah. Fully deserved. Yeah. Well, I suppose the next thing is that in 2016, you'll switch your lights off for an hour and sit in a cold bath for a fortnight, won't you? 
or um, <laughs> stick forks into your toes in order to show how important you think climate change is at, by yourself at home without letting anyone know about it. That'll do it. I mentioned that I, I was at a, a couple of interesting things this week and, and the second of them was this conference went to yesterday called This Changes Everything, which mm. um, takes its name from a, a book by the same name by Naomi Klein, the US activist and, and author, written some fantastic stuff. And one of the things that really struck me, she, she appeared on Skype at this conference, which was great, really struck me. It was She was saying, it's, it's very, very clear that we are in an actual fight here, that there is an enemy and uh, we need to win, we need to defeat that enemy. And the enemy is um, the very, very small number of coal companies, mining companies, oil companies, fossil fuel extraction companies, for whom the current system works just fine, thank you. You know, they they have no inclination to change things when they're racking in billions and billions and billions of pounds of profits um, every year. So it is very clear that the rest of us have to build our strength, um, unite as a, as a movement, um, and and win the arguments, and, and, and over, well, more importantly, overcome them with, with power. And that's that's what I find tricky about this whole Earth Hour thing. It's like, yay, if you want to get involved as HSBC or anyone else, that's fine because we're all part of the solution. Um, and I don't, I don't, you're not. If you're chucking money at, uh, at tar sand extraction or fracking or squeezing the last drops out of the North Sea, oh, you're not, you're not part of the solution. You're the problem and we need to say that. Reasons to be cheerful. So, reasons to be cheerful. Dave, what are you doing? Turning the lights on and off. <laughs> Happy, sad. Happy, sad. Happy, climate change? Sad. No climate change. Climate oh, God, change. give me a reason to be cheerful. <laughs> oh, God, do you think we're ever verging towards cynicism in this podcast? Or- well, let's, no, we rise. We, we, rise, we rise above, above it. We are no, we we are perpetually sunny side up type chaps. So, what you got? What reason to be cheerful? All right. So every week we have a little look at the the beacons of hope in the um, in the environment world because it's not all bad. Some things are going in the right direction, and we want to shine a light, um, but not for all hours of the day on those mm. things. One is Costa Rica. What? Costa Rica? You know the the country that no one really wants to get in a World Cup sweepstake. Oh right. Okay, that's a real country, is it? Where is it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, well, South America, somewhere Central America, Central rather. America. Um, yeah. It, well, it has, and this is this is proper good news. Um, it has gone seventy-five days powering itself using only renewable energy, one hundred percent. Crikey, that's pretty good, isn't it? So seventy-five. That's most of twenty fifteen. Then, if yeah. not, if not all of it, depending on when that was from. That's pretty good. So, what do we know about it? Like, how have they achieved this feat? Uh, well, so that their electricity has not been generated by fossil fuels, right? Mm-hmm. It's been generated by renewables. Yeah, um, yours, you're don't going... ask me which ones. Which ones, Ollie? Oh, well, uh, well, some some good geothermal stuff. They've got lots of volcanoes around the place, so the geothermal energy is relatively easy to access. But but mainly, it has been um, hydroelectric. Plants. You mean great big dams, don't you? That's what you mean. Yes. Yeah, great big dams. Uh, I've always not quite been sure what I think about these. I mean, I think, you know, any use of 
renewable energy, I suppose, is good, but they can really mess stuff up, dams, can't they? I mean, like, not just in terms of the immediate impact on places where the water needs to back up where it wasn't before, but also people who live down the way. So if it's a river or something and you're damming it, uh, you get a lot less water down at the other end. And, uh, don't make me choose between great big dams and fossil fuels. Uh, choose or, between great big dams and fossil fuels. Don't make me choose between great big dams and fossil fuels. <laughs> I don't know what I think about it. It's, it's too hard. Um, we better hold our hands up in the air about something, hadn't we, before we go any further. We made a bit of a boo-boo. A couple of weeks ago, we were talking about uh, new figures that show that the world's emissions, we said. Well, have a listen to what we said. This... Yeah. Well, this week we have discovered that in 2014, global emissions stopped going up for the first time in 40 years. And for the first time, it wasn't because of a massive global recession. This is massive, massive news. I mean, there's still... Yeah. And so what we said was, well, slightly wrong, wasn't it? Made a bit of a boo-boo. Um <laughs> Yeah, 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 slightly wrong. It's Although wrong. pretty much everyone else got it slightly wrong as well. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't all the world's emissions. It's uh, like emissions from from energy. Energy. Yeah. yeah. So it was the International Energy Agency that were, were making these statements, yeah. right? Yeah. And they were talking about emissions from from burning fossil fuels. Yeah, so it wouldn't have counted like chopping down rainforests or agriculture or massive, great, colossal permafrost holes opening up in Siberia beneath Mm. which is stupendously large climate wrecking amounts of methane. Wasn't talking Mm. about any of that. Um, This week, uh, the UK government announced that the nation's carbon dioxide emissions actually fell by just about 10% in 2014. And, well, what do we make of that? That's pretty good, isn't it? Well, it's good news. Yeah. Good news, generally. I mean, my my sunny disposition is unclouded, generally, and uh, it was well. What what was what did they say was contributing to it? Coal use has gone down. Good, mm. right? Uh, the weather was warm, so people weren't as cold, so they didn't have the heating on as much, so less gas was burned. Mm-hmm. Well, good in a sense, but what happens the next time it's cold? Um, and our appliances are more efficient. Stuff uses less energy. We're using less energy. People probably care a little bit more about using less energy. So mm-hmm. it's all sort of adding up. And everyone's turning off, you know, one eight thousandth of the year. Everyone's turning their lights off and sitting in the dark. <laughs> so that's pretty good as well. The only thing I'm going to, I'm sorry, I can't. I can't. I don't do this on purpose. I really don't. But there yes, is. Yes, you do. Okay, I do. There is a great big stinky flappy elephant in the room, right? Oh, and, and the elephant is stinky flappy elephant. Stinky flappy elephant. And the stinky flappy elephant is that actually, according to the government's uh, advisors on climate change, this thing called the Committee on Climate Change, we actually we are exporting, doing a thing called exporting our emissions. Right. What it means is we're basically not making stuff here anymore. Yeah, it's all being made not all but we're buying stuff in we're importing stuff into this country from China and other countries Uh, and that's where all the carbon's going basically and they said a couple of years ago they said that uh, although the the amount of carbon we're emitting in this country is going down it's actually our carbon footprint is going up if you look Mm. at all of the carbon we're responsible for it's just that great chunks of it almost almost half um, are it made by other countries and bought in here. Um, so mm. it does kind of depend how you look at it. Like this little uh, desolate island, this rainy, windy little island, uh, is 
directly responsible for less carbon than it was a year ago but actually all of our gluttonous guzzling consumption and all of the bits of plastic that we like and all of the things that we like very much and don't want to give up and the Chinese kindly make for us uh, there's more carbon in that than there was before so let's not rest on our laurels just yet eh? All right well yeah and and that that last point is a very pertinent one because it really, really winds me up when people say, well, what about China then? You know, they're not doing anything. Quite apart from the fact that on renewables and stuff, they are. They're doing stuff at a quite um, terrifying scale and wonderful scale in a way. But it is China that is making all our iPads. It's China that is making our, oh, I don't know, any any other bits of clothing like Will I Am's bloody backpacks probably made in china i don't know and um you know they're making our stuff for us and they get to count the emissions so um you know not all not all it's cracked up to be is it oh god you've won me over to your dark side i was happy at the beginning of this section basically the moral of the story is whenever anything looks like it's any good it isn't (laughs) this applies this is as as a life moral i find this works very very well yeah happy yeah thanks (laughs) Oh, and uh, Dave, one more, one more thing, if you'll let me mention it. Go on then. Um, <laughs> if you're not cheerful about this, nothing will make you cheerful. Fortunes could be saved, according to The Guardian, from going down the drain by extracting gold and precious metals from human excrement, scientists suggest. What? So, <laughs> good news. We're pooing all of the gold down the drains, but we could make ourselves rich by going and digging it out. You up for that? Hang on a minute. I've got gold in my poo. <laughs> Apparently. How did that get in there? I I don't know. Either you've been punching Goldie in the face and eating his teeth, or um, there's some some metal in your biosolids. Well, I never. Hang on a minute. Back in a sec. That's all right. Carry on. <laughs> I'm fine. Carry on. No, I'll be with you in a minute. I'm just... Can I, yeah? Inhofe of the Week. So, Inhofe of the Week. This is the section named after Jim Inhofe of the American Senate, uh, where we look at people who have been right rotters, complete and utter nasty toe rags. This week, who have we got? Get this. We've got... Uh, Senator Jim Inhofe uh, from America. Yes, no, that's the name of the section. No, 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 actually him. He gets to appear. This is quite... Not only uh, is this section named after him because we crowned him the ultimate Inhofe of all time just a few short weeks ago. He's back! He's here again. (laughs) And this time, actually, technically, it's not him who's been the Inhofe. It's the people giving the money to Inhofe who were the Inhofes, right? So Inhofe has got uh, 10,000... I'm staying with you. (laughs) Senator Inhofe was given uh, $10,000, it was revealed this week, by... BP, that lovely uh, UK-based, actually international, fossil fuel company, um, which makes loads of hoo-ha about how important climate change is. You remember um, I won a prediction Mm. a few weeks ago by betting you that somebody would come out and say climate change is really important, and BP did. Um, Mm. And so while they do appear to think climate change is very important and needs regulation and carbon pricing and all that sort of stuff, they also like giving money to people who are, quote, uh, interested ambassadors for the energy industry, more generally. Extraordinary. Um, mm, mm. Mm. And I suppose the fact that he's the head of a 
bizarrely and terrifyingly, the head of an environment committee in the American Senate um, is... Doesn't bear thinking about it. Doesn't, does it? I suppose that might be partially relevant. The fact that he likes fossil fuels and thinks we should continue burning fossil fuels might be a factor. Um, and do you know what he said? I love this. I kind of, re- I have to kind of respect it. I mean, this is why he is the ultimate Inhofe, what, what Inhofe actually said. When asked, um, what do you think about, you know, it, it, do you get funding from the fossil fuel industry? He said, whenever I'm asked how much I've got from the fossil fuel industry, I say not enough. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, yeah. I see, uh, I see what you mean. That There is some refreshing, if deeply evil, honesty about that. Isn't um, it? Yeah. Oh man. Not yeah, so it's all getting very meta now. Our Inhofe of the week is um is Inhofe, except it isn't actually Inhofe, it's the people giving money to Inhofe who are themselves a right bunch of Inhofs who've appeared in this podcast many times up until now. Basically, the world is one big human centipede style Inhofe <laughs> fest. God. Prediction time. So, prediction time. Every week we uh, we whip out our crystal balls and see what's going to happen in the next seven days in environment world. But we also have a little look back and see how we got on with our last prediction. And the mystic Megs that we are, after fully ten episodes, uh, so far Dave has got one prediction right and I have got one prediction right. So, Still last week... I should have had one last week. Yeah, all right, all right. You'll be over it in time. Uh, last week, I think I, I made a prediction about the solar eclipse, which <laughs> I don't know what it was like where you were, but was a massive non-event where I was. It was cloudy. It was lovely here. And actually, uh, we got a perfect view of it, which I regretted immediately afterwards. Um, and you would be mistaken for thinking that the only place in the UK that existed was London, given by all the moaning about it. But I think most of the country <laughs> got a really nice view of the solar eclipse. It's just that you stinkers in the capital city didn't. Well, it's just all the jer- Journalists live in London, so yeah, they're like, yeah. oh, didn't, didn't happen. Mur, didn't happen. Mur, we're always. It's not snowed this year. Well, it has, if just not in London. Um, well, anyway, uh, I predicted that some bits of the press uh, would go to town on the fact that the sun being blocked out means solar panels aren't getting their energy and would say, no, see, renewables are rubbish, can't be relied upon. And... The honest truth is, I don't know whether they said that because, slightly foolishly, I forgot to check any oh, of the papers God in the coming kind of, kind of days after. So, What's the well, point? What's the point of making a prediction that requires? It's just, oh, you keep making stupid predictions. You made that <laughs> prediction two weeks ago about being given a leaflet, which was so phenomenally specific that the only way that was going to happen would be if some, you actually paid someone to come and give you one, right? And now you've made a prediction I about have just what's, lied as well. It's yeah. not like you were even there. I could have just no. said yes. I got given that leaflet. Well, your honesty is your undoing, and then you. Make make a prediction about something's going to be in the papers and then you cannot be bothered to go and check the papers <laughs> what's the point okay i'm not going to defend myself it's, right. um, it's it's not great uh so well tell you what help us out listener um if you happened to see any front pages or or anywhere i'll take page 79 in the classifieds that was making a little bit of a dig about renewables in relation to the eclipse could you please Bring it to our attention. You know how to get hold of us. Righto. So my turn then. Um, I've got a good one. And this is going to be brilliant, right? So Wednesday. What's Wednesday? Uh, after Tuesday, before Thursday. That's right. It's also April Fool's Day. And my prediction is Ooh, this. Is it? Yes, it is. I predict that I am going to catch you out 
with an April Fool that is going to be so good that you're not going to know I've done it and you're going to tell loads of people about this thing that I've told you about and then it's going to be the April Fool that I promise to your face in front of millions of listeners that I was going to catch you out with. That's so not going to happen yes, because I'm just not going to relate anything you tell me on Wednesday. Yes, it is because you'll forget about it and because I am so good at catching you out. <laughs> That's proper by boy who cried wolf stuff. You're going to be on the phone saying, Ollie, my house is burning down. I need help. And I'll be like, nah, nah, nah. you warn me about this. Yeah, you joker. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what it's going to be anyway. And not only am I going to win the prediction and get a point, I'm also going to love absolutely every second of this. Right, so that is just about it for Sustainable 11. We should have had Spinal Tap in this, shouldn't we? We've literally taken it to 11. We have. Uh, thank you, listeners, for listenifying. Thank you, Dickie Moore, as always, for the theme music, which pops up all the way through this. Thank you, WWF, for Earth Hour, because it really, really has inspired us to be part of a conversation about climate change. <laughs> um, you know how to get hold of this podcast because you uh, got hold of it. You Anywhere that you do, please leave us a little review saying how much you... Well, say what you thought, but actually, if you didn't like it, keep that to yourself, eh? Get in touch with us at hello at sustainababble.fish or via the at the Babble Wagon on Twitter or on our Facebook page, which I'm sure you can find. We have got something like five or six weeks to go until the election in the UK, and so to our legions of international listeners, we apologise. There will be a little bit of an election focus to the shows coming up, but we promise not to talk about kitchens or bacon sandwiches um, or third terms. Boring. Boring, boring. Righto, well, have a good week, listeners. Have a good week, Ollie. Thank you. You too. And uh, speak to you next week. See you on the other side. Bye. Bye. Good, well that should get us in absolutely no trouble whatsoever. <laughs>